Thank you, Kelly. Would you uh, thank our praise team for their leadership this morning? And just so that uh, you know who that guy was, the, uh, the, not the little baby with the bald head, but the bigger baby, I mean the, the bigger guy with the, uh, uh, his name's uh, Justin Cole. He's a pastor here in the uh, local Seabooing area, but better known as the piano man's husband. <laughs> Thy will be done, oh my goodness. If you heard that song, if you read those or listened to those words and prayed those words, and as we come to this time of hearing God's word speak to us, then what else could we say but thy will be done in my life? Our scripture this morning is found in the book of Luke chapter 5. If you came in and you had uh, received a green sheet, you can follow along on an outline. The scripture reading is on it. Luke chapter 5 verses 1 through 11. It's uh, written in the New International Version, if that helps some of you to know that. And it reads this way, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come to help, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for its place in our lives. They're not idle words. They're life-giving words. They express your will. Thy will be done. And so in this moment of uh, interpreting your scripture, Lord, may you bless my mouth, the meditation of my heart. May it be acceptable to you, and may we each hear from you according to our individual needs. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In Luke chapter 5, verse 3, I like how the King James Version reads. It says in the New International Version, put out into deep water. But the King James Version reads, launch out into the deep water. I like it so much that I titled this message, launch out into the deep. Read those words with me that are on the screen or in your bulletin. Launch out into the deep. Let's say that again. Launch out into the deep. You know, when Jesus said launch, he had an expectation of those that were listening, specifically Simon. And his expectation was simply this, that they'll launch. Ever heard of the movie Failure to Launch? Oh, it's about a man by the name of Tripp, played by Matthew McConaughey. He's a 35-year-old man still living with his parents. Tripp's best friends are still living in their parents' homes and seem quite proud of it. His parents aren't so happy that he's still at home, but they're encouraged when a friend, uh, some friends of theirs who adult, whose adult son recently moved away from home revealed to them that they hired an expert on the matter. The expert has a theory why men continue to live at home 
And that expert is going to help them launch their son from the home. I remember when my wife Ellen and I got married, we thought we would wait five years before we had children. Five years later, we had four children. <laughs> Prior to that time, I heard a marriage and family expert say one time that they had three theories on parenting, even though they, at that time, had no children. And then they had three children, and now they have three children and no theories. <laughs> Maybe some of you can relate to that. By the way, our initial family began with uh, four kids, Christine, Andrew, Eric, and Troy, and now it's expanded to six when God delivered Jalen and Sakanya into our Harbin home. The girls are great bookends to those boys. Our first son, Andrew, got married in December. Our second son, Eric, got married just a couple of weeks ago in July. And our third son, Troy, gets married in two weeks. Where are you, Troy? Right over here. You know, last night, Troy sat over here. His fiancée, Caitlin, who is a Tyndall, who's a part of the Bayshore Roots here, uh, she sat over there with their family. Now they're kind of in between. And, uh, but the next time they come to family camp, they'll be starting their own family. Uh, maybe they'll already have it. Who knows? Let's just say it this way. With the Harbin boys, there's been no failure to launch. Because they found good reasons to leave. I can hear some of you say, however, oh, just make sure they don't move back. You know, I didn't see this movie, Failure to Launch, nor do I necessarily recommend it. I just remembered the title. And it seemed appropriate to this message because, you know, some people fear change. Some are not comfortable with it. Some don't want to be on their own. Some just know that all of a sudden it's going to be harder work than having somebody else take care of you. And there's times in our lives when we ourselves need to launch out. Let me say it this way, because when we read in the scripture about the outcome of what took place when Simon launched his boat, remember, they caught fish, a lot of fish, Therefore, it could be maybe said this way, that a failure to launch, to launch out into the deep, is to miss out on the prize catch that God would have for us of abundant living with him. Their story, these disciples, their story takes place with Jesus down by the lake of Gennesaret. Your story here during this week of family camp takes place along the beautiful Bayshore camp uh, shorelines. Consider the beautiful Saginaw Bay as the lake of Gennesaret. Consider the water's edge out at Bayshore's Point as the place where you walk with Jesus this week along the water's edge. He will meet with you there and you will meet with him there. God's word is living. As Jesus taught the first disciples in the first century, now 2,000 years later, he will teach us through the same words in this 21st century if you're listening the text reveals to us that there was a crowd building, wanting to listen to the word of God. Did you hear that? Did that escape your, your thoughts as you were reading that? That's what I love about Bayshore Family Camp. A crowd will build in this tabernacle because people want to listen to the word of God. People, you will use your precious vacation time, have used your precious vacation time to come to listen to the word of God in the mornings through our Bible studies, in the evening through our tabernacle worship times. Jesus, 
He approached those fishermen. He saw two boats standing by the lake, and yet the fishermen weren't in them any longer. Jesus entered one of the boats. It was the end of the day. The fishermen were tired and incredibly disappointed, I'm sure, for a lack of production. They caught no fish for the day. How about you? Ever been tired at the end of the day? Physically exhausted? Tired? Weary? Bearing burdens that are heavy? Disappointed? And perhaps looking at the end of the day, as far as the day's activities, thinking nothing to show for it. When we're tired, disappointed, ready to call it a day, remember this. And this is the first blank on your handout if you like to fill in those blanks. Everything changes when Jesus enters the situation. Everything changes when Jesus enters the situation. Jesus, like in the movie Failure to Launch, is the expert who knows every circumstance that exists here in this tabernacle. He has no theories because Jesus has real-life answers. You may not be experiencing a failure to launch out of your home, but perhaps you are experiencing some kind of a failure in your life. It could be a moral failure, it could be a marriage failure, it could be a parenting failure, it could be a vocational failure, it could be an academic failure. There's just some area in your life that's just weighing you down. The boat, was at si the boat was Simon's. They're at the water's edge. And at the water's edge, we need to remember this, the water is shallow. Jesus asked in verse 3 to put out a little from shore. And it was there that the scripture said Jesus sat down and taught the people. But when he was done teaching, the story moves in a new direction. Simon doesn't realize it, but a very pivotal moment is going to take place in his life. Because a second time, Jesus in verse 4 says, Simon, put out. Put out, it means to set in motion, to launch. Jesus said, put out, or in that King James Version, launch out into the deep. Like when experiencing a failure to launch, sometimes a push is necessary. Somebody needs to help us to get the motion started. Jesus supplies the necessary push, the necessary nudge to Simon. He spoke two times and said, put out, launch out. Our theme this week for family camp is Rooted. A picture of a flourishing shrub is featured on our brochure and on the screen above. Same as, uh, do you know that what you see above ground in your plants is really determined by what's hidden underground? Let me say that again. Did you know that what you see above ground in your plants is really determined by what's hidden underground? Underground is where the plant's roots live. Underground is where the roots go deep to drive the plant's growth. The bigger and healthier the root system, the bigger and healthier the plant. So let me say it this way. Healthy plants have deep roots. Our theme this week, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. It reads in part, you read, you read all of it earlier, read some of it in part. If you have a green sheet, it's at the bottom of your outline. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him and strengthened in the faith. 
rooted and built up in Jesus, strengthened in your faith. Bashor is about being established in Jesus Christ and deeply rooted in him. Altar calls aren't normally given during the beginning of a message, but if you're not established in Jesus, now is the time to make that decision. Consider this invitation a push, a nudge to do so. Recognize it for what it is, the Holy Spirit nudging you as we begin this time of tabernacling together in this structure. Make sure before you leave that God tabernacles and dwells in your heart. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each person here. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit who knows each of our heart's conditions. I thank you, God, for those that know you. But I especially pray in this moment for those that don't know you, who have not made that decision to establish their life in you and to allow you in their life. And so, God, I pray for the one who needs to make that decision today, that they would just simply say, thank you, Jesus, for coming and dying for me, for dying and for raised, being raised from the cross, that uh, not only you might live, but that I might live with you. Come, Jesus, into my life. Be established there. And may your Holy Spirit come and dwell in me and be rooted in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, then welcome to the family. Make sure you tell somebody about that. By the way, earlier uh, this morning, uh, the uh, God Squad leaders came to me and shared how seven of our young people, second through fifth grade, asked Jesus into their hearts last night. And he encouraged them to make sure that they told moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas. And so if that decision happened, wonderful. And if that decision happened for you this morning, make sure you tell somebody also. So now we can all begin an exciting week of going deep, driving our roots deep into Jesus Christ. In the beginning of a walk with Jesus, the roots are shallow. They haven't gone deep. I hesitate calling any of you shallow, so I won't. So instead, turn to your neighbor and say, are you shallow? <laughs> but now give your neighbor an encouragement, okay? And turn to them and say, don't be shallow. There's a danger. There's a danger of staying shallow and in the shallow waters. There's a danger in failing to launch into the deep. Many fail to launch into the deep spiritually because they feel safe. They feel comfortable right where they are. Don't let that be you. Let me share from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, four deep truths that will make a difference in your life as you get started this week at Bayshore Camp. In order to launch out into the deep, you need to have a proper attitude. Our first deep truth is this. Don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable with the way things are. I'm not sure what experiences you're having in life right now, what situations you're going through. Sometimes we can get comfortable with the way things are. Just like water, we can get comfortable being near the water's edge in shallow water. In shallow water, we can see the bottom and anything in it. 
Everything is under our control. We know what's there. We feel safe. Because we feel safe, we stay there. But understand this. There's consequences to staying shallow. There's consequences to staying in the shallow waters. Sicarial dermatitis. It's what you get when you stay in the shallows. The son that's going to get married in a couple of weeks, well, in his younger years, we were at Higgins Lakes together. He was either A, unable to swim, or B, just afraid of going into the deep. But we stayed in the shallow waters, and we played. You don't want to do that too long at Higgins Lake. Before the day was over, we had it. Sicarial dermatitis, also known as swimmer's itch. It may seem safe, safe to stay in the shallows. It may seem safe, safe to stay shallow, but there's consequences when we do. Spiritually speaking, it's unsafe to stay shallow. Too many are staying close to the water's edge, to that place where you entered into your relationship with Jesus Christ. The relationship hasn't grown. It hasn't gone deeper. Jesus is speaking to the fishermen and to us. We have read that the end of the story, they catch a large number of fish, an abundant number of fish, but Jesus is teaching them this will only happen if they launch out into the deep. Jesus promises not an abundance of fish, but an abundant life. It will only happen if he can move us from where we are to where he is. Some of you are familiar with Ty Pennington in the show, Extreme Home Makeover. He was famous for that line, move. Jesus is telling us this morning not to move our bus, but he's saying to move your boat. What's wrong? What were you thinking? He was talking to Simon. He's speaking to us and he's saying, move your boat boat. He's telling Simon. And notice the progression that he starts giving to Simon. He says in the very beginning to put out a little. But remember, to put out means to be moved out, to be nudged just a little. Featured here is Sue Norton. She's the speaker, or the, 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 the pastor's wife from last night, Mike Norton. Did, did I just confuse anybody? <laughs> She's married to him. She's the pastor's wife. But she's also been a part of Bayshore Camp for a number of years. And it was my first time here in 1997 when Mike and Sue were leading primary camp. And she was leading some of the songs for those third and fourth graders. And we sang out at the campfire and we sang this song. If you know it, go ahead and sing it with me. Little by little, every day. Little by little, in every way. Jesus is changing me. Ever since I made a turnabout. Face. I've been growing in his grace. Jesus is changing me. You didn't sing. I don't think anybody knows that song. <laughs> wow. But anyway, the point is this. Jesus changes us little by little as we allow him to. And like Simon, if we just put out a little, like the scripture describes, if we launch out a little, then we're moving in the direction that he wants us to go. Little by little, we're going deeper. And the deeper we go with Jesus, the more changes. Little by little, he's going to make in our lives. 
be aware. Jesus starts with a little. He said to Simon, put out a little. But his plan in the end is for Simon to put out a lot, to put out into the deep. Jesus can't force Simon. He sees the tiredness. He sees the lack of results from Simon's day efforts. But remember, Jesus has entered the picture. Jesus knows if I can just get Simon to trust me a little, then when he, is, when he moves, he'll learn to trust me with more, and he'll trust me in the big things. Has Jesus ever challenged your comfort levels? Has Jesus, his Holy Spirit, nudged you out to go deeper with him, pushed you a little? The day did not end the way the fishermen want. No fish. Sadly, that's probably happened before in their lives. You could say Simon was comfortable with no results for the day and the belief that nothing could change his circumstance. How about you? How are things going right now? What's happening in your life at the end of the day? Are you like Simon feeling comfortable that no changes can take place that will affect your circumstances? Where have you grown comfortable in believing your situation won't or can't change? In addition to having some fun this week, I hope that you'll let God in on your life circumstances. Don't get comfortable with anything. Let Jesus enter in. Let Jesus move you from where you are to where he wants you to be. Our second deep truth is this. Don't let the situation dictate the outcome. Don't let the situation dictate the outcome. You see, in verse 5, Simon replies to Jesus. He says, Master, we've hard, worked hard all, last, all night and didn't catch a thing. I've heard a phrase before that I don't really like, and if you use it, well, experience this as a nudge from the Holy Spirit not to use it anymore. It's this phrase. Well, it is what it is. It is what it is. Too often we are fooled to believe that because a situation has been like that for such a long time, we're lured into believing that this is the way that it always be and nothing can change it. Is that you? Does Jesus ever catch you whining and having your own little pity party? Do you forget that he is involved in your life and that through him all things are possible? Things don't have to stay the way that they appear. If we let the situation dicta dictate the outcome, then the cross meant Jesus is dead. And it means that the grave wins. But the situation doesn't dictate the outcome. With God, all things are possible. And this is why Jesus, when, Mary said to, when Jesus said to Mary in John chapter 11, I am the resurrection and I am life. Whoever believes in me, even though they die, yet shall they live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. When he said that to her, he asked the question, do you believe this? The facts of your situation don't have to dictate the outcome if you believe in him. Death has been, death has been conquered up. This is why we need deep roots to trust, to believe are other words for faith and be reminded from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. 
If you believe, then launch out, put out into the deep, grow deep roots, don't settle for comfort. Trust God to reward your act of faith by stepping out into the deep and making those changes in your life. Look at the flow of the text again. Jesus told Simon to put out, to launch out into the deep, and then to let down the nets. Simon begins by responding with something less than yes. Master, we've worked hard all night, and we haven't caught anything. Fortunately, Simon's thoughts do not end there. But sadly, with too many people, it does. It ends with you, me, having the last word with Jesus. Are you doing that? Are you trying to always have the last word with God? Are you telling God your circumstances and why they can't change? Are you telling him, trying to explain to him why it's okay that you've given up? Don't let your situation dictate the outcome. Let Jesus have the last word, which leads us to the third deep truth. Our third deep truth is you must trust his word. You must trust his word. Trust his word means doing it. No negotiations. Notice Simon's answer. He was reluctant. He said, though, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. If it ended there, this would be a tragic ending. The good news is, it doesn't. Now the next word is one of the most important ones in the story. It's the word, but. Whenever you read the word, but, in the Bible, what follows is not consistent with what came before it. Here are some famous buts in the Bible that illustrate this point. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Simon said, but because you said so. How many of you are grateful for the first two big buts in God's word? If you were... Now be thankful for this but in the scripture. Because again, remember, anytime we see the word but in the scriptures, whatever follows it is in opposition to what came before it. In our situation, it doesn't make sense. They've fished hard all day. They're expert fishermen. But because Jesus said so, they will defy common sense in all fishing logic and do what he said. Simon surprises us. He's tired, he's frustrated from the day's lack of a catch. We would expect him to say, Master, we've fished hard all night, we haven't caught anything, we'll try again tomorrow. After all, it is what it is. But he didn't say that. He said, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Again, the King James Version says it this way, Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the nets. This is good stuff right here. This is a parent's dream to hear words like these. 
Imagine your youth coming home to you a little bit later today and saying, Mom, Dad, I don't understand a thing you're saying, but because you say so. <laughs> Mom, Dad, I don't agree a th with a thing you're saying, but nevertheless, at thy word, I will do so. But we're not talking about what parents want to hear. We're talking about what Jesus wants to hear. And the only thing he wants to hear after he has commanded us, adults and youth, is to do what he's commanded. To say yes. Anything less than yes is no. Let me say that again. Anything less than yes is no. Simon doesn't know it, but Jesus does. Because Simon said yes to Jesus, a big catch of fish is waiting for his net. I imagine the fish down below heard it. They heard Simon's yes. They're talking to one another. He said yes! He said yes! Everybody get ready! As soon as the nets are lowered, swim to the nets! But hear this, you'll never experience any of the rewards of God by saying no. You'll never experience any of the rewards of God by saying no. The first miracle recorded in the Bible is when Jesus turned water into wine. It was his mother Mary who opened the door for it to happen. She said to those around, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. If they said no... It doesn't make sense. No miracle. But because they did, the outcome will be different than, the, than what was expected. That was true for water into wine. It's true for empty nets becoming full of fish. It's true with whatever life circumstance you're going through today. You need to be Simon in your situation. No change will happen unless you trust and obey Jesus. Go deep. Shallow people disregard God. Shallow people think they know better than God. Have you heard Jesus tell you what to do? But you won't. How's that working for you? You can only get strengthened in your faith as you learn to do what Jesus tells you to do. So get your butt out of the way of God's butt and be smart enough to be dumb enough to do what he tells you to do. All those butts are with one T, by the way. <laughs> You're at Bayshore Camp. Get a tan. Ride the zip line. Shoot a hole-in-one at the putt-putt. Have fun. And when you hear God speak to you, be like Simon. And just get used to saying, but because you say so. But because you say so. The fourth deep truth is this. Don't go into the deep alone. Don't go into the deep alone. Swimming at Bayshore Camp, well, in the old days, do you remember buses? The buses that would drive you 25 miles away to the safest place to swim at Caseville. Adults having to be the human buoys. Launching out into the deep, cold water. Well, maybe not too deep, but very cold water. And it was there 
that if you wanted to enter into the water, you had to buddy up. You couldn't go out into the water without a buddy. No one alone. Fun, but always safe at Bayshore Camp. Well, remember, Jesus is your lifeguard, and your friends here are your buddies. Luke chapter 5, verse 7, it says, So they signaled their partners. I think that's a, another word for buddies. So they signaled their buddies in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. They had let down their nets, and immediately they caught a great amount of fish, and others, here's the point, others got caught up in the abundance. Life is better when we do it together. That's why if you invited Christ into your life today, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with others. God know what took place. Don't walk alone with Christ. Walk with others. Life is better when we do it together. After all, who fishes alone? Not many. The church is God's plan for us to not be alone. Bayshore is not a church. When you go from here back to your hometowns, make sure that you're included in the life of a local church. Launch out into the deep. Grow deep roots. Do it with others. And as you do, when you read verses 8 through 11 from your Bibles later, or you look at the outline, it'll tell you that this story is taking place at the initial calling of these disciples to follow Jesus. From the very beginning, Jesus was teaching them not to stay in the shallows, to put out, to be pushed, to be moved out. And from the very beginning, Jesus was telling them, do it with others. If you think you can do it alone, you're shallow. If you think you can do it alone, you're shallow. Grow deep roots this week. Walk around this camp this week talking to yourself because you said so. But because you said so. But because you said so. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, the song sung before this message was, Thy will be done. Because you say so, Lord, may we, as your people, as we hear your voice, whether it be in Bible studies or whether it be in nightly worship, whether it be just as we're in conversation with others, when we hear your voice coming to us, even when it doesn't make sense, even though we're tired and frustrated and perhaps discouraged from what's taken place in the day, cause our lips and cause our heart to catch up with our lips to say, but because you say so. Father, we don't want to miss out on any abundance that you have for us. Simon caught an abundance of fish. You have an abundant life for us today to catch. And this week, help us to not miss out on any blessing you have for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. <laughs>